The Another World is Possible audio podcast brings you Toward the Destruction of Schooling. Chapter 4 Notes on the Poverty of Student Life I suspect God of being a leftist intellectual, was graffiti in Paris, 1968. The university is the training grounds for the future ruling class and the most dependable lackeys. Most university students, after being constantly adjusted throughout their youth, are already well-adjusted to subservient roles. They are model consumers, if not always good model students. The students who are content with their social role as students have accepted passivity. Some accept passivity by ignoring all politics, others by becoming politically active. The result is the same, a useful citizen, useful to others. Quote, modern capitalism and its spectacle allot everyone a specific role in general passivity. The student is no exception to the rule. He has the provisional part to play, a rehearsal for his final role as an element in market society, as conservative as the rest. Meanwhile, he basks in a schizophrenic consciousness, withdrawing to his initiation group to hide from that future. Students are vaguely conscious of why universities exist and what is expected of them. Most simply don't care. To be apathetic is to be fashionable. When Nietzsche said that the idealism of humanity was on the verge of deteriorating into nihilism and meaninglessness, he couldn't have been more prophetic. Instead of the transvaluation of all values that Nietzsche called for, however, we have experienced a further devaluation. Nietzsche, Nietzsche saw nihilism as the devaluation of the highest values, a condition at once regrettable and full of possibility. Money, too, is fashionable. How could it not be? William Reed's middle-class reactionary dominates the radio, the television, and popular culture in general. He is a person who gives the appearance of independence, of rebelliousness, while being capital's most faithful servant. He is a person who has been yelled at, disciplined, and brutalized during the socialization process, only to grow up with no greater desire than to do the same to others. Often he is the hero of high school, the well-trained athlete, the well-trained imbecile. What Max Stirner said of college students in general clearly applies. Quote, Trained in the most excellent manner, they go on training. Drilled, they continue drilling. The modern student thrives in a milieu of privileged consumption. All social life is subordinated to the imperative to accumulate commodities that affirm the student's chosen identity within a social group. So much so that it is possible for the student to ignore much of the substance of schooling. Entertainment is organized around cultural identity, a dead world of media swill with an appearance vaguely reminiscent of actual life, which has been banished by modern capitalism. Sexual activity, long repressed, is now tolerated within the context of relationships which could only be described as masturbatory. If it had any meaning, if it opened up new realms of communication, sex would be a force antagonistic 
to schooling. Instead, it is a safety valve. In Civilization and Its Discontents, Freud said that civilization uses sexual energy for its own purposes, displaying it through work, for example. We are now so alienated from each other that it is difficult to conceive of a world in which our energies and desires are not systematically controlled and manipulated, a world in which meaningful communication is commonplace. Our capacity for self-regulation and autonomy has been schooled out of us. We are left with a character armor, the colonization of capital, which protects us from expressing ourselves freely. Quote, Politics, morality, and culture are all in ruins, and have now reached the point of being marketed as such as their own parody, a spectacle of decadence being the last, hopefully, desperate attempt to stabilize the decadence of the spectacle. Religion is a perfectly perfect example of this. It is now often marketed as spirituality, an admission of some vague need to retreat from reality and be enriched by a sodden mystical beliefs. Any justification for the present madness will do. Depression is endemic. Drugs and alcohol help out as much as possible, setting the stage for all social interaction. But is it enough? Consumer goods help fill the void, but are they sufficient? So far, it seems to be. The life that gets away from us can always be sold back to us by the mass media in the form of images. All that once was directly lived has become mere representation. Quote, for, the for in the mass society, individuals have a tendency to withdraw from each, each other more and more. Their relationship is only artificial. It is only the product of the mass media, wrote Jacques Elon. The student often finds more meaningful forms of escapism, ideological escapism. Students are for justice, J. Guevara t-shirts, and affirmative action, and the socialist organizations are waiting to recruit. The students rent the crowd militants for the latest good cause is an aspect of his real impotence. The student serves the cause, and the cause serves to justify the student's subservience. The student activist consciously aligns their thinking with what they perceive to be that of an oppressed group, which they may or may not be a member of. Now they can speak for that group and articulate the desires of that group, usually phrased as demands made of the authorities. Every person, every group must be represented. Representation is at the heart of the logic of modern politics, and its so-called enemies uphold this logic better than anyone. Such thinking is institutionalized among the academic left, who are proud of their broad curriculum, which includes all sorts of women's studies, queer studies, African-American studies, etc. As long as students learn to demand, quote, justice for everyone, the possibility of revolutionary change can be ignored. Through appeals for justice or equal rights within the system, the academic left perpetuates the system in its moralistic logic, and since academia is virtually defined by the dissociation of thought and action, no revolutionary theory could possibly thrive in this context. Conversely, it is here that revolutionary ideology is at home, an object of passive consideration. 
the university gives the appearance of fostering learning on one's own initiative. Indeed, many of the controlling aspects of high school are absent, but only because they are no longer necessary. The university student is self-oppressed, a beautiful example of modern schooling's hegemony. Her only hope is to stop identifying with the university and its myths. The student must commit the sin of pride, non-Servian, I will not serve, just as Stephen Dedalus did. Quote, I will not serve that in which I no longer believe, whether it call itself my home, my fatherland, or my church. Perhaps the student read this in high school, but thought nothing of it. Perhaps, too, they read of the combine in Kesey's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but did not recognize the similarity to their teachers. As long as knowledge is looked at from afar, as one views the world of commodities, whatever truths it may reveal remain concealed. The fact that universities serve the interests of power is all too obvious. As Freddie Perlman observed, students are taught to be innovative when it comes to the sciences and the physical universe, but their approach must be adaptationist in regard to the social world. Every academic field must be focused toward progress where it is needed, and apologetics when it comes to the effects of such progress. Every individual must fit themselves into institutions, jobs, and the whole social network without ever thinking twice about what is lost. As Michael B. Katz put it, we live in an institutionalized state. Our lives swing outward from the hospitals where we are born to the school systems that dominate our youth through the bureaucracies through which we work and back again to the hospitals in which we die. The university is a perfect representation of our institutional reality. The university is an impersonal bureaucracy, even when it tries to be something else. Alexis de Tocqueville clearly described the techniques through which such institutions function. Administration covers the surface of society with a network of small, complicated rules, minute and uniform, through which the most original minds and the most energetic characters cannot penetrate. To rise above the crowd, the will of man is not shattered, but softened, bent, guided. Men are seldom forced by it to act, but they are constantly restrained from acting. Such a power does not destroy, but it prevents extinct existence. It does not tyrannize, but it compresses, extinguishes, and stupefies a people, till each nation is reduced to be nothing better than a flock of timid and industrious animals, of which the government is the shepherd. The university pervades an advanced form of schooling. It is advanced mainly because the university is the schooling institution, most directly in the service of capital. But haven't the students had enough of schooling by the time they get to university? They're most likely tired of it. It is not easy to have your will systematically soft, bent, guided by authoritarian social structures. Opposition to work itself must now be the basis of any radical opposition to capital, which recuperates all forms of partial resistance. Opposition to schooling is now a necessity for those who resist the domestication of capitalist society. 
quote, Schools function as the organization of the passivity of the soul, and this is true even when active and libertarian methods are used. The liberation of the school would be the liberation of oppression, wrote Kaman. It is all too apparent that schooling breaks your spirit, and while it is not easy to resist, it is well worth it. Only through resistance to this society can life become worth living. That was Toward the Destruction of Schooling. Written anonymously. Brought to you by the Another World is Possible audio podcast. You can email us to volunteer or for questions or information at another.world.is.possible.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.